Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Follow the marquee and come to the Monday matinee. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Hi there, and welcome to Season 13, Episode 560, and I'm your host, hankering to mount up and ride down the trail, Jack Ward. And I'm your tender-footed host, David Alt. Well, what actually is a tenderfoot, anyway? Well, that's a North American colloquialism. A tenderfoot is someone unused to the life of a pioneer. Well, uh, wouldn't that describe someone maybe living in Nova Scotia, perhaps, Jack? Well, it's true, I suppose. We're all far and away from the days of the pioneer, and and, and certainly thankfully so. Well, true. But there's <laughs> also this romance about simpler times, wide open skies, riding the range. Diphtheria, the halcyon days before antibiotics. Well, th- th- those are all good points. However, <laughs> through the magic of audio, we've got a chance to go back without contracting something fatal or debilitating. Tonight's feature comes from Pete Lutz and Narada Radio with episode four and five of Jake Dimes' range detective i have to tell you though i'm on a bit of a western kick lately i've been going through radio rides the range a book that is the definitive reference to western shows from 1927 to 1967 from north america and there's one thing that strikes me above everything else uh what's that then (laughs) that there are so many lost old-time radio shows that i have never heard of it's so stressful i'm hoping to do my best to locate some of the rare ones and have a listen maybe even get some of them on next season's sonic echo who knows oh yes yeah I do wonder if there's as many lost old-time radio shows from England since most of them came from the BBC. They should still be in the vaults somewhere, shouldn't they? Well, you say that, but uh, the BBC did manage to delete um, quite a lot of Patrick Troughton's Doctor Who. That's true. Uh, just decided to, to just erase over it and, and go for something more important. Oh, uh, the fools, the fools. They didn't realise what would be happening 40 years, 50 years afterwards. So, um, yes, uh, certainly the BBC should have the records, if nothing else. I do remember a story about they actually had the voice of Tennyson on old-fashioned radio wax and melted it down. Yeah, they melted it down to make candles during World War II. Oh, no. (laughs) Isn't that heartbreaking? (laughs) (laughs) Well, for now, it's time to find our way back to the open plains with Jake Dimes from Narada Radio. And it all begins right here on the Sonic Society. Hi again, this is Pete bringing you more Old West Adventure with Chapters 3 and 4 of Jake Dimes' Range Detective. In last week's installment, we were introduced to most of our characters and got to know them a little bit. In this week's double feature, Old Briar Buck gets himself into a scrape, and then Jake gets hauled off by the Sheriff of Prickly Pear. So there's action aplenty in these two chapters. 
As you know, we're gearing up for an all-new chapter of Jake Dimes next week or so to accompany the previously released fifth chapter, so I hope you'll tune in for that. Now, I want to mention that my buddies over at Audio Oblivious Productions are releasing their season two premiere today of Winnebago Warrior, The Tale of John Wayneby. This is a hilarious spoof of the Western genre set in the present day, so I hope you'll check that out. After you listen to our program, of course. Lastly, if you're a fan of Pulpery Theater and you're wondering what happened to episode six, take comfort in the fact that I'm working on it and hope to get it released as quickly as possible. And now, without further delay, here are chapters three and four of Jake Dimes, Range Detective. Sixty-three Audio presents Jake Dimes. Range Detective, a tale of the Old West by Pete Lutz, starring the Narada Radio Company. Tonight, Chapter 3, Ambush on the Trail. Welcome back to our Western saga called Jake Dimes, Range Detective. Our story so far, Range Detective Jake Dimes and his sidekick Briar Buck are in Arizona, investigating a series of payroll robberies from the D-Bar D Ranch. If you recall from our last chapter, Jake had impressed Fred Greenslate, the boss of the rival Rolling End Ranch, by breaking in his fiercest Bronco, Fireball. Jake then received a special reward from Chris Greenslate, who is quite the ball of fire herself, and that kiss has unfortunately set the range boss, Birch Hickam, against Jake. As we take up our tale again, it's a few days after the Bucking Bronco incident, and Jake, who was mighty sore afterwards, is back on his feet and in fine fettle as he makes his way to breakfast. Well, there's our boy. The Bronk Buster himself. Howdy there, Dawson, Jake. Chris, Howdy there, Jake. Howdy there, lover boy. Dawson, the lover boy. Look at that. The fireball's dead. Morning, fellas. Any grub left? Come on up and get it, son. <laughs> Wavos and frijoles. Nice and hot. Don't mind if and I do, Cookie. Thanks. Hey, want a little bacon? I'll set some aside for you. Bacon? Why, sure. I'm hungry enough to eat old Fireball itself. But if I had my druthers, I'd druther have bacon. Mmm. <laughs> Much obliged, Cookie. My pleasure, Jake. Here's some coffee, too. Howdy, men. What's for breakfast, Cookie? Oh. Hello, Dawson. Still got some free holies left over, Higgum. Oh. Is that all? Ain't there no eggs left? Nope. Just served up the last of Dawson bar. Well, what about some bacon? Dawson got that, too. You gotta get up and at him a little earlier, Higgum. You want a full breakfast? <sighs> well, give me what you got, then.
it ain't the Rowan Inns number one Brock Buster and Philly Wrangler. <laughs> morning, Jake. What's your pleasure this morning? Hiya, Jake. Mr. Greenslate says I got a half day off on account of breaking old fireball. So I wanted to ride into Prickly Pear and see about a shave and a hot bath. Well, ain't that nice. You sure deserve it, Jake. I ain't never seen nothing like it when you just kept, well, holding on that way. Do you want to take fireball today? Are you funning me, Chick? No, sir. I like that stallion, but my heart belongs to Crescent, my Palomino mare. I haven't seen her in a couple of days. How's she doing? Well, raring to see ya, if my ears ain't deceiving me. Go on into the stable, son, and see your pretty little old gal. There we go, Crescent Gal. That's a good pace. We'll get into Prickly Pear in about an hour, and we'll be able to enjoy this mighty pretty day on the way there. Howdy, Sheriff. Wait, Jake Downs, how are you? Not so loud, Bert. I'm going by Jake Dawson over to the Rolling End nowadays. Oh, that's right. Sorry, son. I plum forgot. That's all right. How's the crime business, Bert? Oh, um, not bad. Keeping us busy, what with the punches from the Rolling End and the D-Bar-Dee coming in nightly. <laughs> they sure do like their liquor. Um, are you working the rolling in? I thought you and Briar Buck were heading over to Slim Suckler's place. Well, I thought it'd be better if Buck and me split up. So he went to the D-Bar D, and I'm at the end. And while I'm here, I got a note I want you to pass along to Buck next time you see him. Sure. I'll be happy to do that. I'll keep it right here on my desk. Oh, and uh, uh, here's a letter came for you. Just the other day. Mmm, mm, sure does smell pretty. Uh, who do you think it's from? <sighs> I reckon I'll find out later. Um, can, um, can you tell me anything about the owner of the Rolling Inn? Fred Greenslate? He's a right fair businessman, runs his ranch uh, pretty strict, but has fair dealings with his neighbor Suckliff, and always pays his bills in town regular. He uh, don't socialize, though. That's good to hear. I reckon he ain't involved in this payroll robbery scheme. And uh, speaking of Greenslade, ain't that his daughter just rode past my window? Let me see. <sighs> sure is. You got a back door, Bert? Sure. Sure, just head on that way, uh, past the sails. What the sand hill's wrong with you, Jake? You're white as a sheet. Nothing. D down this way? Yep, uh, uh, go on ahead. I'll lock it behind you. 
Thanks, Sheriff. Uh, I'll be seeing you. <laughs> well, uh, I'll be hornswoggled. <laughs> I didn't know you were in town. Oh, Jake. Um, <laughs> Mr. Dawson. Good morning. I, I just arrived. I came to pay a few bills. How are you feeling today? I am right as rain, miss. <clears throat> right as rain. Your daddy gave me a half day's liberty today, so I came in to see what the people of Prickly Pear, Arizona do on a beautiful day like today. <laughs> oh, I don't suppose they do much. Confidentially, I think the citizens of this town are a pretty sedate bunch. Was that all you wanted to do in town today? No, I also wanted to find out if the barbershop had enough hot water for me to soak in for an hour or two. Oh, 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 I beg your pardon, miss. That wasn't very polite of me. <laughs> That's all right, Jake. I'm used to rougher talk than that, being surrounded by ranch hands all day. What is that smell? It's almost like... Gardenias. Do you smell it? Oh, no, Miss Greenslade. I surely don't. Well, it was nice seeing you. Uh, now, I reckon I'll be heading over to the barbers. Uh, so long, Chris... Uh, Miss Greenslade. <laughs> ah! <laughs> no! <laughs> I thought you wanted a hot bath. <laughs> Oh, Jake, you poor thing. Here, let me help you. No, miss. Ugh. I'll ugh. do this myself, thank you. I oh, got myself into it, after all. Ugh. There. Whoops. <clears throat> and now, I'll take my leave of you, Miss Greenslate. And see about that um, hot bath. Good day, miss. Corpus Christi and I never saw the day that cowpokes wouldn't eat the grub that I set in their way. Oh, Consuela, Consuela, wait for me, cause I'm busy making biscuits for the boys of the D-Bar-D. <laughs> Are you sure it's okay to meet up here? What if that cook hears us? Are you funning me, pard? Don't worry about him. He'll keep singing that stupid song as long as he's working. Now what's the news has brought you all the way over from the rolling inn? Well, I ain't got no news. I just wanted to know what news you got. 
I ain't heard from you in a while, so I was getting a little antsy. Ain't you got no more sense than that? How many times I gotta tell you that I'll get word to you when it's time to do another job? What are you risking a plumb nice setup for, you dang idiot? All right, you ain't gotta get like that now. Just settle down a minute. Settle down? You dang fool, don't tell me to settle down. Here you come like to spoil everything just cause you're lonesome. Get on off of here before somebody finds you out here. Okay, okay. I don't- I'm going! I wouldn't stay another dang minute, no how. You sidewinding. Somebody out there? I thought I heard voices. Hello? Huh. Must be going loco. Oh well. How much do you think he heard? Who knows? Think we ought to take a chance? We can't afford to. We gotta think up a way to get rid of that hombre. Now listen. Now, Cookie, are you certain you can pick up all the supplies yourself? Would you like me to go along with you? Molly, I done told you. It ain't right for the owner's maw to do work like this. I got the buckboard and I got my good old horse Stooge a-pulling her. So I'm just fine. I'll be to town and back before you know it. Giddy up, Stooge. I'll be seeing you, Molly. We'll be eating good tonight. Be careful, Cookie. I'll be waiting for you. And I just bought me some beans Now I'm going back to Molly With a note tucked in my jeans Oh, Consuela, Consuela, don't you cry <laughs> Well, old Stooge, I reckon I might Ought to stop singing about Consuela And start coming up with a song or two About that other fine lady I'm returning to, eh? Yup, and I just remembered I got that note from Jake in my pocket. The sheriff gave it to me, but I didn't read it yet. Well, no time like the present, I reckon. Hi, you pardon. Not much to report. 
just keeping an eye on things over here. Wish I was eating your stew and biscuits. <laughs> See you one of these days. Huh. Jake didn't sign it. I guess that's for safety. Well, no reason for me to keep this, so... Well, that's that. Let's keep a moving, Stooge. We got us a little ways to go, and I can see the sun is anchoring to go to bed. Meantime, let me see if I can come up with a new song about Molly. Wooden tarnation! Giddy up, Stooge! We got us a couple of owls chasing us, Stooge. You keep on straight, old pal, and I'll try to stop them. Slowing down. Ow, dag damn it. One of them winged me. Whoa, Stooge. Whoa, feller. Let's see what they want before they slaughter us. <laughs> Howdy, parts. This ain't no way to greet a feller. Wearing bandanas across your faces and holding guns on him. I ain't got nothing. Listen, you want them vittles under the tarp over there. Hands up, hombre. Well, if you don't mind, I can only put one up. You done put my other arm out of service. Get down off in that buckboard. Alrighty, just give a feller a chance. <clears throat> so what is it, boys? Yeah, after my grub here. Reckon that weren't it. We think you got big ears, hombre. Yeah, big ears, and you run your trap too much. Well, there ain't much I can do about my big ears, boys. My pappy, he had them too. But about that other thing, well, you can call me Silent Sam from now on. Nary a word you'll hear from me. Yes, sir. We got our eye on you, hombre. You say anything about what you heard t'other night, and... Well, I don't know what you think I heard, but... Womp him, pard. <sighs> Ain't we gonna kill him, Joe? Nah, we'll let the coyotes take care of him. <laughs> you head back to the ruin end now, Ferdy, and I'll make my way back to the D-Bar D. And remember... We never saw this ombre today. Okay, Joe. The two cowboys, Brax and Joe, ride off in different directions, leaving the unconscious Briar Buck flat on his face in the desert sand with blood trickling out of a bullet hole in his arm. 
what with the sun going down, things don't look too bright for poor Buck, do they? Were those two owl hoots the payroll robbers? Or do they have another secret they're trying to hide? And what about Jake? He seems to be mighty distracted by strong-willed, pretty Chris Greenslate. Will he be able to get down to business and track down these bad men? And what was in that perfumed envelope? To find out what happens next, tune in to Chapter 4 of Jake Dimes' Range Detective, coming soon. Chapter 3, Ambush on the Trail, was written, produced, and directed by Pete Lutz, and starred Dana Gonzalez as Jake Dimes, Austin Beach as Briar Buck, Kristen DiMercurio as Chris Greenslate, Nancy Bueller as Molly Sutcliffe, Tommy Gregg as Hickam, Paul J. Patterson as The Cook, Gene Giggy as Chick, Jeff Niles as The Sheriff, Bill Holweg as Ferdy Brax, and Mark Kalita as Joe, with additional voices by Owen McEwen, Skeeter Ullman, Dane Leonardson, and Pete Lutz. Your announcer was Glenn Higby, AKA CBK. The Jake Dimes theme was composed by Pete Lutz and arranged by Dr. Ross Bernhardt. Harmonica stings composed and performed by Pete Lutz. Tune in next time when you'll hear Jake and the Sheriff say, Okay, Bert, we're a good mile away from the rolling in. Can you take off these here shackles? Sure, Jake, there. Sorry that I had to do that to you. Well, you're only doing what I asked you to do. Now, maybe you're of a mind to tell me what's what? Well, it's pretty bad news, Jake. Rye Buck's been hurt. We're going straight to Doc Burnside's office to see him. Well, hell, Bert. Couldn't you wait it a little longer to tell me? Come on, let's put on some speed. Get up, Crescent. Let's go, gal. This has been a 63 Audio production. Sixty-three Audio presents Jake Dimes, Range Detective, a tale of the Old West by Pete Lutz, starring the Narada Radio Company. Tonight, Chapter 4, Arrested. Our story so far, Range Detective Jake Dimes and his sidekick Briar Buck in Arizona to investigate a series of payroll robberies involving the DVRD Ranch have each run into his own particular spot of trouble. If you recall from our last episode, Jake had ridden into the town of Prickly Pear, met with the sheriff, left a note for Buck, and received a note of his own. He'd then encountered the rolling end rancher's daughter, Chris Greenslate, and accidentally doused himself in a horse trough. Buck, a little later that same day, had taken a wagon into town to pick up supplies and had received Jake's note from the sheriff. On his way back to the deep RD, poor Buck had been shot, knocked unconscious, and left for dead in the desert by two cowboys, one from each of the ranches in question. It's now the morning after the ambush of Briar Buck. And over at the deep RD ranch, something strange has just been spotted by one of the patrol riders.
Now, what in the hell is that? Why, it's a buckboard. And there ain't no driver. Cookie's horse, ain't ya? What's he call ya? Stooge, right? Well, where's Cookie, Stooge? <laughs> Looks like a mess of grub and supplies in the back there. Old Cookie must have had some kind of accident out on the trail. I better take you in and tell Mr. Sutcliffe. Hi, let's go! This is the buckboard Cookie took to town yesterday, all right. And it's his horse. But what in the Sam Hill happened to him? I found some blood on the bench, Mr. Sutcliffe. Blood? It's a pretty big smear. You can't miss it. Thunderation. My ma's taking a shine to that cook. I don't want her to see this. You understand? Yes, sir. <whistles> Jimmy! Hot-footed over here, son. Take this buckball to the stable. Unhitch Stooge and get him fed and watered. But first, throw some water on this here red smear on the bench. Clean it off best you can, you hear? Yes, sir. Is it, is it blood? Ask your questions later, boy. Yes, sir, Pa. <laughs> Jimmy's a good boy, Mr. Sutcliffe. He'll do a good job on that buckboard. Uh, all right. Now, how long have you been at your post? Six hours, sir. Due to come off another two. Aside from the buckboard, did anybody or anything cross your path overnight? No, sir. But uh, one of the other patrols may have seen something. All right. Grab a man and send him to the sheriff's in town. I'll get saddled up and the two of us will follow the buckboard tracks backwards. See if we can't find our missing man. See you in five minutes. Not a word to my mall. Senor Greenslade, the sheriff, he is here. The sheriff? I wonder what he wants. Send him in, Luby. Si, senor. Afternoon, Mr. Greenslate. Why, hello, Bert. What brings you around? Um, uh, well, uh, have you got a man working here called, uh, Jake Dawson? Yes, yes, I do. He's been here a couple of days now. What's the matter, Bert? Well, sir, I'll, I'll have to take him with me. I, 
I kind of want it circular with a, a picture of an ombre looks mighty similar to Dawson. Really? Why, that young man has impressed me as a mighty skilled cowpuncher, Sheriff. I am certain there must be some mistake. That says maybe, Mr. Greenslate. But I gotta take him with me all the same and uh, see for myself. Will you have someone fetch him for me? All right. Uh, Lupe? Lupe, will you have Pedro bring Jake Dawson to the house? Si, senor. Okay, Bert. We're a good mile away from the rolling end. Can you take off these here shackles? Sure, Jake. There. I'm sorry to have to do that to you. Well, you're only doing what I asked you to do. Now, maybe you're of a mind to tell me what's what. Well, it's pretty bad news, Jake. <laughs> Rob Buck's been hurt. We're going straight to Doc Burnside's office to see him. Well, hell, Bert. Couldn't you wait a little longer to tell me? Come on. Let's put on some speed. Get up, Crescent. Let's go, gal. Dang it. Wait up, Jake. Get up, Moon. You the doc? Where's my pardon? Where's Briar Buck? Excuse me? Briar Buck? <clears throat> if you're referring to the cook from the D-Bar D, he's here, in this room. He's resting now. He lost a lot of blood. But I think he'll recover. Can you tell me what happened, doc? Well, I dug a bullet out of his left arm and treated a big lump on his skull and also some pretty serious bites that varmints left on him in the night. In the night? Where was he shot? I was told he was probably ambushed by someone on his way back to the ranch with supplies and his attackers left him to die on the trail. Who found him? Slim Sutcliffe, the owner of the D-Bardee and one of his ranch hands. Mr. Sutcliffe carried him into town on his own horse. Huh. Well, that was right neighborly of the man. <laughs> Doc, how long do you think he'll be? Well, he's obviously got a strong constitution. A lesser man wouldn't have survived the night with a wound like that. You come back in a couple of days. He won't be out of bed but I'll wager he'll be awake and ready to tell you himself what happened. That's what I'm counting on, Doc. I'm much obliged. Oh, and my name is Dawson, Jake Dawson. I'd be even more obliged if you was to leave any mention of me out when you're talking to other people. Mr. Dawson, as far as I'm concerned, Mr. Buck hasn't had one single visitor since he was brought in. That's the ticket. I'm heading across the street now to meet up with the sheriff. Again, I'm much obliged. I'll be back in a day or two.
just don't seem right, Sheriff, that a sweet-natured, friendly feller like Buck could get bushwhacked this way. You got any theories, Bert? Well, I've had a little more time to study on the Jake, and uh, I've come up with an idea. It may not be much, but I'll give out with it. It's just possible that Buck come in contact with them uh, owl-hoots who are robbing Slim Suckless payroll. Come in contact? But how? Well, uh, I-, I ain't got that far yet, uh, Jake. Well, I can't come up with any argument again at Bert, so let's stick with that theory for now. Did the doc save the slug that come out of Buck's arm? Yeah, he did. He said he wanted to give it to me, but um, what would I want it for? Well, Bert, it could be used as a clue to track down at least the cuss that pulled the trigger on Buck. What? Jake, uh, I never heard tell uh, no such thing. I ain't got time to go into a science lesson right now, Bert. But you get that slug from the dock, and you lock it up like it was a precious jewel, you sabe? Uh, sure, uh, I'll do her, Jacob. Uh, what's your plan now? Is there anything I can do? Sure is, Bert. Get word to Sutcliffe that I know about Buck. Tell him I'm on the job at the Rolling Inn and need him to keep his eyes and ears out for any word of this ambush. You know... Anybody letting slip that he knows even the slightest thing about it. If he does, then he should get word to me. Through you, sabe? Yeah, I get you. I was gonna ride out to the uh, D-Bar-D later on anyway to uh, give Mr. Suckler the latest on Buck. I'll get a private menu with him and uh, uh, pass on your message. Thanks, Bert. I'll be go. What, thunder? Jake! Sheriff, I just heard Jake's been arrested. Jake, are you all right? I got here as soon as I could. Sheriff, there must be some mistake. Miss Jake's Greensley, no criminal. you're right. It was all a mistake. Just a little mix-up. What? I'm saying he's free to go. I, I thought the picture on that wanted circular was our boy here, but I was wrong. You can take him out of here, miss. Oh, well, that's the... <laughs> that's the best... How wonderful. So, Mr. Uh, Mr. Dawson, will you be so kind as to ride back to the ranch with me? Miss Greenslate, nothing will please me more. Um, Sheriff, you sure about this? You go on, Mr. Dawson. And my apologies for the mix-up. Uh, Miss Greenslate, ma'am? Here's my horse, Jake. Is yours tied up somewhere? I think the sheriff took Crescent to the livery stable. He didn't know how long he was going to have to keep me, he said. <laughs> it sure was powerful nice of you, Chris, to come to my rescue that way. Don't be silly. Anyone would have done it. Oh, there's Molly Sutcliffe. I passed her on the way in. We exchanged just a few words since I was in such a rush, but I understand her son's bunkhouse cook was badly injured in an ambush last night. She said she was coming in to help the doctor in any way she could. See, she's going into Dr. Burnside's office now. Well, I didn't hear about that myself. 
The sheriff didn't mention it. Hmm. Mrs. Sutcliffe must be a kind-hearted woman to come in and help look after one of her son's hands that way. Yes, well, she and I have something in common, I suppose. Huh? Yeah, I reckon you do. <laughs> Uh, she's quite a handsome woman, too. Hmm, I wonder. What did you say? Hmm? Oh, nothing. I was wondering what our cook has planned for supper tonight. I ain't ate since breakfast. Tonight, Mr. Jake Dawson, you're my guest for dinner, in the house. Just wait till you try Lupe's cooking. Oh, don't argue with me. Now let's go get Crescent out of the livery stable. Is there anything I can do for him, Dr. Burnside? Well, if it's not too much trouble, Mrs. Sutcliffe. He needs his bandage changed once a day. And you should keep your eye out for fever and infection. It's no trouble at all, Doctor. Thank you for letting me stay with him. The pleasure's mine, ma'am. Mr. Buck's got himself a mighty pretty nurse. <gasps> That's kind of you, Doctor. Did you say Mr. Buck? <laughs> Yes, his name's apparently Briar Buck. Didn't you know his name? It's the strangest thing. All the men called him Cookie, and I never thought to ask him if he went by anything else. <gasps> isn't that silly of me? Briar Buck. It's almost like Briar Tuck, isn't it? One of Robin Hood's merry men. And Cookie, or rather Mr. Buck, does have a cheerful disposition, I must say. Yes... I grew up with Robin Hood stories, Mrs. Sutcliffe. I still have a copy I received in childhood. Would you like to read it? It might help pass the time. Yes, why, Doctor, that's very kind of you. Yes, I would like to read it. I could read it aloud to Mr. Buck. He might not be able to hear me, but... Molly Sutcliffe strikes a match and lights the lamp next to Briarbuck's sickbed. As the sun begins to go down, she opens the book of the Tales of Robin Hood and reads aloud to her unconscious paramour. Meanwhile, Jake Dimes and Chris Greenslade are riding the trail, side by side, back to the Rolling Inn Ranch. They speak to each other in quiet tones and are in no hurry to get back. The setting sun paints the sky with beautiful colors and desert flowers open to release their unique fragrance. And speaking of fragrance, that envelope Jake received from the sheriff in our previous episode is still in Jake's hip pocket, unopened and unremembered in this recent turn of events. Someone else is also going unremembered back in Celestial City, a pretty girl named Marigold Pinkelson, who just happens to be another boss's daughter. Tune in to Chapter 5 of Jake Dimes' Range Detective, coming soon. Chapter 4, Arrested, was written, produced, and directed by Pete Lutz and starred Dana Gonzalez as Jake Dimes, Kristen DiMercurio as Chris Greenslade, Nancy Bueller as Molly Sutcliffe, 
Glenn Haskell as Slim Sutcliffe, Jeff Niles as the Sheriff, Glenn Higby as the Patrol Rider, Mark Bruzzi as Dr. Burnside, Joe Stofko as Fred Greenslate, Evie Elizondo as Jimmy, and Debbie Liao Ramirez as Lupe. Your announcer was Darren Rockhold. Introductory announcement by Glenn Higby. The Jake Dimes theme was composed by Pete Lutz and arranged by Dr. Ross Bernhardt. Tune in again next time when you'll hear Jake and Hickam say, Dawson, I heard the sheriff came and took you off the other night. That's right. And Mr. Greenslate took you back? Why not? <laughs> well, I wouldn't think the boss would want no jailbirds working for him. No? What story did you tell him to get your job? <gasps> Shut your trap, Dawson. Guitar stings in this episode came from Caprico Arabe by Francisco Tarrega. Additional music came from The Grand Canyon Suite by Ferd Grofay. This has been a 63 Audio production. And that's this week's show. Please remember to write in about your ideas for the upcoming 2020 MadCon convention. You can write to sonicsociety at gmail.com. Uh, you can find out all kinds of news about the audio drama world at sonicsociety.org. And check out the Facebook groups and Twitter for more announcements. Until next week, thanks for joining us. I'm David Alt. And I'm Jack Ward. Good night, everyone. Good night. Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Hi there and welcome to Season 13, Episode 560. And I'm your host, hankering to mount up and ride down the trail. And I'm your... Jack Ward. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I forgot to put Jack Ward in there. <laughs> Sorry. I'll do that again. Yes. A book that is the... A book that is the definitive... Re, <laughs> a book that is the definitive reference of... Ah! Chauncey Haworth. Mark Slade and Lothar Tuppen. The demented minds behind the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour bring you Twisted Pulp Magazine. A journey beyond surreality to worlds you never knew or hoped existed. Worlds of the supernatural. Worlds of dark satire. Worlds of nightmarish futures. Twisted Pulp Magazine. If you thought the 21st century was weird enough already, think again. Twisted Pulp Magazine. A step beyond your grandfather's pulp. Available at digitalvaudeville.com. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L-V-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E.com. Music.